0: Happy Monday morning, everyone, and happy start to an amazing week. And welcome to Connections Online Studio and to our live chat. So I'm Nat, Connections Director of Communications. And this morning, I am thrilled to welcome Joanne Duset. So welcome, Joanne. Thank you so
1: much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Very happy yeah. to be here.
0: So I actually popped over to your website to get your bio during the last few weeks. And wow, impressive background. I was like reading all of your stuff and I was like, <laughs> wow, this is amazing. So I just wanted to go through some of the stuff that you've done, and then we can start our chat and whatnot. So you have a Master of Social Work degree from the University of Toronto, a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from Queen's University, and you've been a part-time instructor in the Faculty of Social Work at Carleton University. So I also noticed you've done a lot of work at CHEO, so nine years working on the Inpatient Mental Health Unit and Palliative Care, also working as part of the team at Roger Nielsen House, which is a pediatric hospice. And of course, you've provided individual and group therapy to bereaved parents, including couples who experience perinatal loss through your private practice. And of course, you've hosted countless workshops uh, in the community, including here in the Uduwe on mindfulness, uh, anxiety, and most recently for us at Connections, you hosted a webinar on kids and grieving. Um, so I thought we'd kind of chat a bit about that webinar and the information you shared, because... I took part in that. My husband did as well. And we both, of course, loved it.
1: Oh, that's so nice to hear. And that for sure is one of the topics that I'm most passionate about doing some outreach in regards to kids and grief, um, especially now during the pandemic, right? There's this like big overall experience of collective loss and helping kids to grieve when they're experiencing multiple losses is so important. And I think as
0: well that it's such a difficult topic for us, right, as parents and adults. Um, And it's a tough topic to talk about with our kids as well. So one of the first things that you talk about in your workshop um, is how important it is for parents to talk openly about death with their child. And I was wondering, is this also true for very young children?
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, kids grieve can grieve at any age and even really young kids like toddlers and preschoolers. They can feel when something is happening within their family when there's been a loss or, for example, if someone is dying. And so when we don't talk about it, there's some risks involved. Kids might become anxious. They might feel very worried about. They might even imagine that something else is happening. Right. So. The the alternative, if we're not talking about it, is that we might be hiding things or keeping secrets from our kids. So being able to get it out in the open, but at an age appropriate level, uh, which can be tricky, but learning, you know, what kind of words do we use? How do we explain these things at different stages of development and different ages? Yeah, that is so important. It's always better to put it out there and help kids to cope with it and help them with their feelings um, than to try and protect them because that's where it comes from when we don't. Exactly, yeah. It's such a loving, protective instinct that parents have. Like, I want my children to still have that innocence of childhood, to not have to experience how harsh life can be. Right. Um, yes. But it is, it, even though it goes against our instincts and the way we've been socialized, because our Western culture, our modern society, we are very death avoidant. And we do not, even though it's the one universal thing that will happen to every single one of us, we really don't like to acknowledge it too much. So that's where it comes from for us. But yes, kids can cope with it and we can help them with that. Actually yeah that's one thing it reminds me of is
0: that when my parents had passed I actually bought a series of books so I had kids ranging from very young to a bit older and the books really helped because they actually were storybooks about death itself right so I found that was a really great way to help me and to help me talk to to my kids about you know about death
1: so Absolutely and there are there's so many books even so many you know of the kids Movies like Disney movies yes. often have a character, you know, mm-hmm. that dies and um, and those can provide opportunities to be able to talk about about death with kids. Even like looking, especially with young kids, like taking advantage of nature, right? Because nature shows us about the life cycle. Um, there's even actually a book, I think it's called I, w- I should have got the link, but Life <sighs> Times or something like that. But there's books out there that really introduce the idea of death by looking at nature looking at the life cycle so even you know when plants in our house die and you know need to be kind of tossed like that's an opportunity to talk about how every living thing has a life cycle and you know when we're out with our kids and you know you see like an insect or you know a little rodent you know on the path in the woods that you know has died these are opportunities to talk with kids and to really introduce the idea that of course Of course, death is part of the cycle of life, right? So that's one way with young kids to introduce it kind of gently and gradually. Mm -hmm. So
0: when parents or adults, because we're all part of the family structure and whatnot, um, are trying to support their kids through these tough emotional moments, you caution against solving their problems. So what should parents be doing when their child comes to them with an issue?
1: Yes. So again, we have these instincts that are so loving and protective. And one is um, that we often want to fix things for the people we love the most and we want to take their pain away. And so what I would say to parents is notice that that just comes from a really good place. So lots of compassion for ourselves when we jump in. Um, So I'll give you an example. If I think of, um, you know, when my son would come to me, he was 10 when my dad died and just devastated by the loss of his grandfather. And, you know, he would come and say, you know, I didn't get to say goodbye and it's not fair. You know, how am I going to get through this? And so, you know, there's that temptation to almost minimize or silver line it. Like, yeah, it's hard, but we're lucky that we had the time with grandpa that we did, for example. That's not a bad thing. It's just before we get there, first, we need to fully listen and validate. So to say, so we replace the but with because. So I would try and remember <laughs> to say the things like, you're right. It's not fair. It's so sad. You miss grandpa so much because he was an amazing grandpa. And he was like your best friend. No wonder you're so sad. You know, so we we replace that, but you had so much time with him with, because he was amazing and you loved him so much. That really fully validates the child's experience and it teaches them that all their feelings are okay. So that's what we really want to do is make space for kids to get those feelings out. And if they're saying things and we know there's more there, take a guess and put it into words for them because we know the neuroscience actually shows us that when we do that for kids, It kind of floods their brain with all the happy hormones. It's so soothing for them when they feel, wow, this adult who I love so much and who I trust, they are telling me all my feelings are okay. They get it and they know how I'm feeling. And that teaches kids that they are okay. It's okay for them to be not just sad when they're grieving, but angry, jealous, anxious, worried. Like all of that is normal and okay. You know, um, so that's what we want to do for kids is get the feelings out, give them space to really start processing the feelings. So
0: for those kids who have lost a loved one suddenly, and you haven't had that chance to say goodbye, how can you support them through that sudden loss?
1: Yeah, such a good question, because that is an added layer of pain when kids, and for us as adults, too, when we don't get a chance to say goodbye. So um, I would say that what's amazing about kids is kids are very open to working through their grief in playful creative you know other kinds of ways and so we can still help kids to get some closure to be able to say goodbye even when they didn't have a chance to say that to the person while they're still living so for example writing a letter to the person who's died That's like a symbolic goodbye and it helps them to get the feelings out. You know, so I've done that with kids in therapy and I think parents can do that at home. Like let's write a letter to the person who's died, tell them, what did they mean to you? What do you want to thank them for? What would you want them to know? And then, you know, that's something kids could bring that to the grave grave site. If there's a grave site or you can have a little ceremony or ritual where you know you I don't know like you have the letter and you tuck it away somewhere safe or you can be creative with kids around that and um kids are also the more we involve them in ceremony and ritual the more they process their feelings and get some experience of closure so this is why when there are ceremonies after a person's died wake funeral memorials celebrations of life whatever it is depending on your family and your culture involve children in those ceremonies and rituals they have existed for centuries and generations for a reason they're very healthy for us emotionally to participate in and that's likewise for kids for sure yeah and
0: and talk about ceremony and whatnot when you were talking about uh the grieving process for kids you had mentioned creating routines consistency predictability as much as possible what else can we do
1: yeah, so it's so true. Um, that's something for parents to always know, especially when I think of losses that are within the immediate family. So if we think of children who have experienced you know, the death of a parent or the death of a sibling, these are always you know, traumatic, life-changing events for a child. And it doesn't mean they have to have lasting trauma. But one of the things with trauma and loss is that it kind of makes you feel like your world has been turned upside down and nothing is safe and secure anymore. So helping kids to still stick to some of the routines like bedtime routines, all of that does make their world feel a tiny bit safer and help to return to that. But in terms of what else we can do, so I would go back to any way you can get the emotions out is always good. And remember, kids don't always verbalize their emotions because that's a big job even for us as adults. So that's where we want to help them sometimes to put it into words but thinking of kids and you know especially young kids but even you know preteens and teens like allow for room to do it creatively doing artwork is amazing i've seen kids you know produce artwork that tells us so much what's going on in the inside and so many of the kids that attended my groups said their favorite part for them of the grief groups was doing art it was a way for them to express feelings really naturally and play so I've also seen, you know, reenact things that have happened in their families by playing, you know, with the dollhouse, with the Playmobil toys in my office and parents telling me about watching the children and their family through play process their feelings about what's happened. So another thing we can do is allow kids to do what they do best, which is be playful, be creative, being physically active. We process our emotions often when we're physically active. So getting fresh air, allowing kids to play outside. Those are ways they like shake out the stress and tension in their body. You know, it allows them to just be kids and be in the moment. So that's one more thing I would say, Nat, is like I've seen again and again how one way that kids do grieve differently from us as adults is they're in the moment. So you might have a child that is so sad and showing you that they're sad through their grumpiness or their emotions, you know, their tears, tears. And then half an hour later, they're in the moment playing and they are very joyful. And that's not because they're denying their grief or doing anything wrong. That's how kids are. They're very good at being in the moment, much more so than us as adults. And we want to allow for that and encourage that and kind of follow their lead. So by playing and by being creative, they just naturally, I guess, grieve better than we do. We just have to kind of let them yeah, it's just, do that, right? yeah, that's like they're good at doing what comes naturally, you know, we as adults start to develop all sorts of ideas about that it's not OK for us to play. Well, of course, we should do that, too. I mean, and that's another piece. So another um, another really important, I guess, principle for adults to keep in mind is in order to be there for our children when there's been a loss within our family or our community, we need to take really good care of ourselves. So I would say to adults, whatever your way of playing is, whether that is taking an hour to go for a long walk on your own or getting together with a friend and allowing for some laughter, you know, whatever kind of fills you up, you deserve that too. And the more you take good care of yourself, you're modeling that for your child and you're also going to be there for your child. So that's another piece I would say for caregivers is 100% take good care of yourself. Yeah.
0: And as adults, you've said earlier that we do tend to want to protect our children, right? So we don't want them to see our own grief. And is this an
1: okay thing to do? Yeah. I think it's a really fine balance because actually we do want kids to learn from us what healthy mourning bereavement looks like right so grief is what we feel inside and mourning is how we actively express our grief and we model that for kids so every family has their own little kind of subculture about how they deal with emotions but when it comes to grief if you're able to model for your kids that yes like when you're having a hard day and you're maybe feeling really tearful it's okay to show your child and say oh like mommy's just feeling really sad today because I miss grandma or i miss daddy or you know whatever the loss has been you know and it's really normal to have days like that where we just feel really sad or really grumpy because we have so much stress whatever you're feeling we don't want to um we want to try and protect kids from them feeling like they have to take care of us as adults so that's where i kind of try and it's so tricky but what i say to caregivers is Look for that kind of middle ground where you're showing vulnerability and modeling for kids that it's good to talk about it and to express it, but also giving children that sense of my parent, my caregiver is still okay to support me. I can still go to them when I need help. I can let them know when I'm feeling overwhelmed. So there's an author, Brene Brown, his work I really love. And she has this expression, soft front, strong back. And I love that because it's that idea of like vulnerable and open to showing our feelings. But the strong back is that idea of really sending that message to the child. You don't have to take care of me. I'm here for you. Yes, I'm sad. Yes, this is really, really hard. But I'm going to be okay. And anytime you need something, I am here. Does that make sense? Total.
0: Yes, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's it's it really is a difficult balance, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And it's not. And of course, we're never going to get it perfectly all the time. So there are for any I mean, especially for any of the parents watching this who have experienced, you know, the loss of your spouse or the loss of another child in your family, you know, and the loss of your parent, which is life changing for adults. Of course, there are days where you're going to be overwhelmed and your child may see you overwhelmed. That's okay. Like we're all human. So that's just talk about it with your kids. That's it's been a really hard day for me. You know, I lost my temper because I was just feeling really overwhelmed. Can we try that again? You know, always circle back and be open with kids. Um, But having our own support system, you know, with other adults in our life and leaning on them for support Again, is really key, so that then kids really do get that feeling of, okay, I I think my parent's gonna be okay, because that allows them space to also be okay and to lean on us as the caregivers. And we want to keep that. That's the right order of things for kids to feel like the adults are still in charge. They're maintaining, (laughs) you know, the routines, the consistency, and they're also still available to me emotionally. So that's what we're going for. Yeah, and we don't want them to worry about us either, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the interesting thing when there are. So I see that having worked with many kids where they've experienced the death of a parent, um, often they do then take on a lot of worrying about their other parent. First of all, they worry, will my other parent be okay?" There tends to be a lot of anxiety about what other terrible thing could happen to me and who's going to take care of me if the other parent dies. So we often have to really work on them knowing it's okay to open up and tell your mom or dad when you're having a hard time they want to be there for you and really like um kind of reinstating again the right order of things but that's also really it's a very typical response for kids so it's not indicating that anything that that parent is doing anything wrong at all it's part of the process when there's been a really terrible loss within a family and interestingly enough Nat, um recently i came across the stats and one in 14 children in Canada will lose a parent before the age of 18. So that's a lot of kids and teens in our community that have experienced that type of loss, right? Well, I think it's one in 14 will lose either a parent or sibling before the age of 18. You know that? So, yeah, so this is actually a lot of children. And so us knowing, you know, how do we support those kids? Like Also, how do we support other families in our community going through that?
0: Yes, yeah, so true. Yeah,
1: great mm-hmm. point.
0: And to do to start doing it early, right, so that mm-hmm. they're ready. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. A question that I ask myself that I have asked myself often, and that parents have asked me as well, is should a young child attend a funeral?
1: And if they do, what should we do to prepare them? So I, I know there are some situations where, for various reasons, it's not going to work for families, and I totally respect that. And I think parents often know their kids best and their own kind of capacity to su- support their kids within that situation, depending on how they're feeling. But I do think we underestimate a lot how much kids can benefit from being part of those rituals and ceremonies and how much, with our support, they can handle it. And one thing I would say is that taking those opportunities when kids are young, you know, to attend the funeral of someone in our community who has died, an extended family member, a family friend, it provides them with opportunities to be around death and grief before it's someone in their immediate family. And that can be... So I've worked with a lot of adults going through the loss of, for example, a parent who never really in their childhood attended those kinds of events And then they were suddenly exposed to planning a funeral when it was within their own immediate family. And that's pretty overwhelming. It also provides children with an opportunity to learn about how we do support people we care about when they're going through something like that. Mm-hmm. So I can give you a quick example. I remember um, when my daughter was in grade five, I think, when she was about 10 or 11, the little brother of a very good friend of hers died. And it was quite a sudden Ill- illness and devastating for the family and the school community. And the day before the funeral, the mother reached out and said, are you bringing your daughter to the funeral? Because my daughter needs her friends there. Mm-hmm. And she loves the hug she gets from your daughter. And I said, absolutely. And I was already planning on it, but it reaffirmed for me. Yes, we need to bring the kids. We we want to shield them from this terrible reality that this little boy who was healthy a few months ago and who they knew has now died, but we, ca- we can't hide that from them, right? And we need, so I took her and there was a little group of the girl's friends who did come. And of course, the funeral was so hard. It was so emotional. But you know, afterwards all in the church basement, all the kids start playing because this is what they do. And so for this little girl who had just lost her only sibling, to have her group of friends running around playing on the stage, which is what kids do to cope with feelings they play. I mean, imagine the difference that made for her. And then for the parents to see that their daughter had that support system and they could then let themselves be comforted by the adults in the space. It was so vital. For that family you know and it really and the kids could cope with it you know they they had us there to kind of explain things to them and to just model for them this is what you do you go give her you give your friend and her parents a hug you say how sorry you are or whatever it might be we we start to teach them these social norms so I would say let's lift the kids up and give them the coping strategies and help them with the feelings and also talk to them ahead of time about what it might look like, right? And what to expect, yeah. So I would say in many cultures and in previous generations, kids were around death all the time and it was a really normal part of their life. So it was never this moment where they were suddenly shocked you know, to have, because they were introduced and I think there were a lot of benefits to that. So we can kind of rebel against some of our societal norms and our fears about death and dying And really be brave in helping our kids to be around it and to cope with it.
0: Well, thank you so much, Joanne. This is really amazing. I love that we've done a video about this because our parents and our community can come back and watch this again and again. So uh, it's a joy chatting with you again. And of course, we'll have to have you on in the near future to talk about other amazing stuff.
1: (laughs) Anytime. Always happy to come in and always happy to be part of these events with Connections because you're doing such amazing work for the, your community.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, I'm, I'm going to say bye to everyone as well out there. Make sure to check out our live activities by our uh, first-year medical and volunteer students. It's starting again tonight at 7, and we'll see everyone again next Monday at 9. Thanks so much, Joanne, and everyone have a lovely week. Bye.
1: Thanks, Nat.